Welcome to episode two of the Gluten-Free Radio podcast. I'm Steven, and today I'm talking with musician Caleb Kopta. We discuss all sorts of things, from writing processes and musical influences, to the meanings behind some of his songs. You can find links to Caleb's music and social media accounts in the show notes. Well, how are you? Dude, I'm great. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Before we get into anything about your music, I want to know about how you consume music as a listener first. So kind of relating you as an artist with you as a consumer, I know you've released uh, singles and you're about to release another single. As someone who listens to music, do you prefer listening to singles or albums? I I like listening to albums. Like I I really I kind of start it from the top and I go the whole way through before I like turn anything else on. Yeah. And that's just that's how I like to do it. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm an album yeah. person for sure. So, uh, honestly, it bugs me when bands release just single after single. But yeah. I get that that's. The way the market is right now, it's just everything is promotion. Yeah. So how do you feel about that, like with your own music? I have the opportunity to like make each song important by giving it out like that, by like saying this is what I want you to listen to, and then I give it to you. And then you either like it or you don't. You know, it's uh, it's just preference like that. But it's still like, it's it's really hard especially for like the small indie bands to mm-hmm. put out an entire album um like when when you have the opportunity to like maximize the potential of each song on its own if if you do it well if you do it well yeah yeah that's true too people are pretty ADD these days and i feel like they just forget that artists exist if they aren't constantly releasing things yeah. So I, I feel like that's part of why singles are such a big thing right now. But, uh, I mean, do you, when you write, do you write with singles in mind or do you write with an album in mind? Not necessarily like a concept album, but do you do you try to make your tracks uh, stand apart from each other or flow into each other? I guess I kind of just, I don't even think about it like that, I guess. I kind of... When I'm writing a song, it's kind of like I'm thinking more like, what do I want to hear? Like, what do, what do I want out of this song, I guess? Then I'm either satisfied or unsatisfied with it, I guess. So it is a song-by-song yeah. song basis, then? Yeah, because it's not... Yeah, because I guess I'm not thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm going to write a rock song tonight, and it's going to have uh, guitars and a lead guitar line and, and no synths, and it's going to be just like that last song I put out. <laughs> the last song I wrote so it sounds yeah. like it could be on the same album mm-hmm. but I'm I'm excited because like this next song I'm putting out it's pretty similar to Burning House like stylistically but the next two that are coming they're like they're going deeper into the world of synth so it's like more interesting I guess it's like they're going farther into something that they haven't been yet yeah they they've been uh 
I don't know. I feel like they've gradually been going that direction, though, because I know like your EP is very rock and roll type feel, but like uh, Burning House even was had some synth vibes yeah. going on in there, but not a lot. But it sounds like you're you're kind of slowly yeah. transitioning into more synthy stuff then. Yeah, and not even that. I'm like, not even that. I'm like trying to turn into like a synth pop band or something like that. But it's like. I like the retro 80s synth rock kind of sound. Yeah. Like uh, like the Killers. like And Brandon Flowers. Like, if you've heard his solo stuff... I've only heard the Killers stuff. Yeah, so, like, if you listen to Brandon Flowers on his own, it's, like, very 80s, like, synth rock. Like, almost kind of like what would have been pop then, I guess. Okay. Yeah. But it's cool. I think that it's inspired me a lot to, like, kind of go towards where I feel like i'm unconsciously going that's the thing it's like it's not like i'm it's not like i'm like really thinking like this is what i'm turning into it's just kind of like i'm turning into what i like i guess yeah no i get that just a natural evolution i guess yeah yeah and i think i think that's the thing i don't have like an idea in mind of like of like oh yeah this song has to be a pop song it's like right it's not like that it's like it's like, I just want to let the song go where it goes, I guess. Yeah, I get that. I know for me, when I write, I, I've i always been a lyrics guy. That's always been my... You know, everyone hears something first when they listen to a song. Some people, the first thing they pay attention to is the drums or, you know, the guitar or just the melodies. For me, it's always been lyrics. <laughs> uh, I love words because I'm a nerd like yeah. that. Uh, and because of that, when I write a theme pops in my head and I'm like oh man I want to take that theme and spread it across multiple songs um lyrically not necessarily sonically with you you go more on a song by song basis is that because you hear something musical first when you listen to music I think it all depends on what catches my attention Mm -hmm. I think I think good metaphors and lyrics like really catch my attention yeah like uh unique ones not cliches yeah, the ones that are like, ones that make me go, oh wow, like they're almost like they're almost like clever, like Jason Isbell, he's really good at that. He I is, guess. he is an amazing storyteller, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was better with lyrics sometimes, like just like pulling out the right words, I guess. And I try, I guess that's what we're all doing is just trying to find the right words to say. Yeah. But I think like when I think about it, it's probably more like. What's the sound that catches my attention and where does it take my mind? And I kind of just let I kind of let my mind run without like any like idea of where it's going and then it lays out whatever it lays out. Mhm. So I never really I never really have a theme or an idea or like a plot to the song. It's just kind of like I turn on an audio recorder and I play my guitar and just sing whatever melody comes out and like mm-hmm. whatever words come with it. Yeah. And if no words come with it, then I'm assuming eventually you just fit words into the melody. Yeah, or I just or it just sits in my audio files forever. <laughs> I have like close to a thousand like audio just little recordings. Clips. Gosh. Yeah, just of ideas. Burning House was a song that was built out of audio recordings. Like out of those little files. Cause uh I wrote the chorus for it. 
in February of 2017. Mm-hmm. And then the pre-chorus are out in April 2017. And for some reason, like, I merged both of those audio recordings because I listened back and they both just, like... Like, they both stuck out to me. Like, the chorus, like, stuck out to me, and that pre-chorus stuck out to me. Yeah. And so I was like, whoa, those work together. And then I wrote the lyrics on a drive. I was riding along, and I wrote the verses out and kind of demoed it. It all kind of came together in pieces through audio recordings, I guess. So I think that's how it works, is, like, like sometimes I go back, and I just listen over, like, what I've recorded every once in a while. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's stuff in there that sticks out to me. And then some of them I'll listen back to and I'll be like, I have no idea what I was doing when I turned that on. I have a similar system with, have you ever heard of Mike Mains and the Branches? Yeah. Yep. You have? Yeah. I, I used to play drums for him. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I had no idea. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Well, Mike is my buddy and uh, I got this from him. Because he's a lyric guy too, but he has like an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, it's a Weezer thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I do the same thing. Whenever I'm reading and I see a phrase that I like, or I hear something, just any words without context that I just think sound cool, I, uh, I put them in my spreadsheet, and each page is organized by syllables. So yep. like if the phrase is seven syllables, I put it on the seven-syllable page, and then anytime I... I'm just lacking inspiration for what to say in a song. I can look through and see what phrases will fit. And that's a pretty cool idea. So it seems similar to what you were talking about, but, you know, words versus actual music. I have have, have a couple of those. It's all on one page, but, yeah, I file file lyrics like that too sometimes. Yeah. If I think of something. When, when, (laughs) When did you drum for Mike? Um, 2016. Okay. It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, August of 2016 to April of 2017. It's like six months. Interesting. So was that your, uh, your kind of introduction to touring? Was that your first time going out and playing shows? Yeah, it was. Cause, uh, yeah, I met him in August we did like a weekend run the first time, just kind of like to try things out, see if it would work. And then I went on a nine week tour. That was the first time out. I, it's funny. I love it when I hear people say being out on the road for like two weeks is so tough and stuff. Like, they're just like, just like it's so hard to do. As in like, not like not money wise, but like uh, just like mentally. Mm-hmm. Like mentally and physically, like they're just like, oh yeah, it's such a toll. It's so hard to do, and uh, especially for the first time, it's like, you, it's like, I think that's what they're saying. It's like, yeah, the first time you go out on the road, like you shouldn't be out there more than like a week or two because you just can't handle it after that. Yeah. And the first time I went out, I was out for nine weeks, and uh, probably could have stayed out for nine weeks more. I felt like I was born for it, so it was like, yeah, it was neat. Yeah. That's cool. I could never do it. I love traveling, but I cannot perform anything in front of anyone. So <laughs> I tried an open mic night. You know uh, Eddie's Attic in Atlanta? Yeah. I tried an open mic night, uh, gosh, two and a half, maybe three years ago now, and it killed me. 
I was just so nervous that like I was shaking like crazy and I just couldn't play anything and my voice was doing some weird goat noise. <laughs> so uh, since then I haven't done anything, which I should probably just try more and more until I get used to it. But it was it was hell on earth. Speaking of open mics, how'd you get started uh, playing music in front of people? Since I, since I was really little, I knew that like I wanted to play music. I remember being really little and always having this like, there was this vision in my mind of like being in front of a crowd of like thousands of people. And like, I was like, oh, that'd be the coolest thing ever. Yeah. To be able to sing with like tons of people. So yeah, I don't know. It was always something I wanted to do. And I like performing too. Like I like the entertainment and like the idea of like show business in a way, I guess. How'd you find out that you like that? I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of just like something that's always intrigued me, I guess, since I was little. So you, you didn't grow up in like church or school choir? I, mean, I grew up in church, like but not like. I guess I grew up playing like drums on the praise team, like in my church. Like my dad used to lead worship, so uh, when I was like seven, mm-hmm. I started playing on the praise team. Because I've been playing drums since I was like two, since I was like really little. Like I've done talent shows and stuff, like. Uh, with my friends like in like like bands when I was like 13 or something and like uh learn a song and play it for everybody one time we Mm -hmm. wrote a song and played it and it wasn't good it blew but I felt like a rock star in the moment yeah yeah it was cool you just liked it yeah and uh so that's like always been something but like I always knew I always knew I wanted to like sing so the first time that I, the first time I played a show for like this thing, it was in February in 2016. That was like the first time I played like a show for like Caleb Copta, like, like a real, mm-hmm. like, like I played like Figure It Out and Rob My Love and Home. And those three, those three songs I, I played that night and they, they weren't even finished. But after I played that show, I was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is it. This is cool. This is what I want to do. So it was like, I feel like touring just opened my eyes more to, like, I'm glad to be out here behind a drum set, but I don't want to be behind a drum set. It's not the place on stage that I want to be. Not that I have a problem, like, not having, like, the spotlight or whatever. That that wasn't it. It was just, like, I just didn't feel like, I just didn't feel like I was in the right spot, you know? I guess I want to, like, drive the car. So, when did you do your first little tour as Caleb Copta? I did that in May, 2017 May. It was right after the last tour I did with Mike. And I, we got done in April, and then I left in May. And it wasn't that long. It was like a, it was like a week long, and I went down the East Coast to like five shows. One of my buddies uh, named Jennings, he came with me. And he played drums. So just the two of us. I played like electric guitar okay. and he played drums and we tried to make it sound like a like a full band with just as two instruments. Which is kinda tough, but Yeah. But it's what we had. You did no tracks or anything? No, just it's just us. Listening back, like we probably weren't very good, but <laughs> I mean we we played hard and we like tried hard to so, like we gave it our all. 
But I've done I've done a little more since then. We did that, and then we went out again and did that same thing that fall, which is what you probably, which is what mm-hmm. you saw. So you saw that. Yep. And uh, yeah. that was at the end of the fall tour that we did. And on the fall tour, we went from Pennsylvania to uh, Kansas City, then to like South Carolina, mm-hmm. and then I. And then the whole thing ended in Philly, but that took about like five weeks. What was the uh, the booking process like doing it on your own? It's miserable. It's <laughs> not fun because you just send a lot of emails to people and most of the time you don't get responses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just keep going until someone says yes. But it's getting easier now. It's easier now because I think that like... I think that having like burning house out helps. Yeah. Because it makes me seem more legit, I guess. How is a burning house specifically more helpful than having a, your whole EP before it? I think I think people take it more seriously because of the numbers, I think. Mm. Cuz it's gotcha. like cuz the EP like the EP collectively has about 20,000 streams. Yeah. Burning House on its own has like 30,000 streams. There's that and like the content that I have now, it's looking more professional and more more serious, I guess. And so I think that's the thing. Like the more the more serious you look, I think the more serious you're taken. Yeah. Yeah, perception is a big deal for sure in any industry. Yeah. There is no segue into this, but I'm going to ask it anyway, completely off topic. Okay. <laughs> so lyrically, I have a question about two of your songs. Okay, cool. And it's about Rob My Love and Burning House. You don't have to tell the story of what they're about, because um, I, I realize, you know, as an artist, you, you kind of want things to be left to interpretation. Uh, but when I hear Rob My Love, uh, which came out before Burning House, I hear a song that's basically saying, you'll never have my all, and I know better than to give you my heart. Don't try to rob my love. And then Burning House comes out later, which sounds like an almost completely opposite message. I just get this impression that in Burning House, it sounds like, you know, you're putting in a bunch of effort in a relationship, but you feel like you're not getting what you want out of it, and that's okay. But in Rob My Love, it sounds like almost the exact opposite. Like, hey, I'm putting in all this effort. You're not giving me anything. Screw you. So if those are proper interpretations of the songs, uh, how do you account for the the completely opposite message? It's close. It's interesting. I'm glad you brought this up because I don't think about this stuff. But uh, like, they're both about two like broken relationships, I guess. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I don't really like have a plan for like what I want to write a song about. And a lot of that stuff just comes out of my subconscious, I think. When I wrote Rob My Love, I like it was like coming out of a time where I just got like torn apart by this girl. Mhm. She just played me real hard. And I thought that there was, I thought that something was going to happen and then she was like she was like, "Nope, just kidding." I was like, "Wow." Like I was like seriously giving you like everything I had and, and you're just 
and and you like acted like you wanted it and then all of a sudden and then the truth comes out you know it's like like something like that you know it's like yeah the guy was played there whereas in burning house like what the song is really saying to me is like do you choose to love the person and live in their burning house with them or do you choose to let the person go I wasn't willing to stick around in the last one because, like, I knew that I was going to burn in that fire. Yeah. And going into this new relationship that I have, I was willing to, I was willing to stand in the fire because I knew we could get out of it. And I might still be in the fire, but it's like I see a way out of the house with this girl, I guess. Whatever. I hate to make this all about girls. What the heck, man? So would you say that Rob My Love is looking more at someone who is being, I guess, malevolent? They're actively, purposefully causing fires. Yes. Uh, whereas Burning House is more about just life in general. Oh, yeah. Uh, has fires and, you know, working through them. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, so that's that's how I'd say it. It's like whether or not you, like whether or not you're willing to stand through the fire with that person. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like, and so that's why I guess I want to say like burning house isn't about anyone specific. Yeah. I didn't write that song for my last girlfriend or about right. her. And I didn't write it about my, the girlfriend I have now. I just wrote the song and then yeah. I realized that it can, I realized that that's how it related to my life. I don't really write specifically about situations because to be honest, like if I wrote that song about that situation, I feel like that'd be pretty crappy. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'd be kind of, I'd be kind of a jerk for that. So you think that writing about specific experiences, uh, is not a good thing or just not good for you or. Oh no, I think, I think it's fine. I think these ones in particular though, like if I was, Mm -hmm. I feel like if I was writing about, like, my broken relationships purposefully, that would be, like, a a poor thing to write about. And that wasn't my intention. That's not what I was doing. When I sing these songs, it's not making me think back to those relationships. or It's not like a rub in the face of those people, I guess. Yeah. Because it was never intended to be that way because I never... I didn't write these songs about those people. Mm -hmm. It's just... It's just that I can relate those songs to those people, I guess. Yeah. And I think and I think that's what you were saying in the beginning. You're like, it's left up to interpretation. I think it even is to me, too. Like, there's a, there's a new song that I, that I wrote that I'm, like, really feeling, and it's called Out of My Head. And the whole idea is, like, that there's somebody, like, stuck in my mind, and, like, I'm just thinking about them all the time. And I wrote that when I wasn't, like, even interested in anybody but i can take that song now and relate it to the girl i'm with now because all i ever do is think about her it's like i didn't write the song about her Mm -hmm. i didn't write it i didn't write it for her i just wrote the song but now i can relate it to her i guess i because i think i think i've tried to write songs where i'm writing specifically about somebody and it's hard for me because then i want to be really honest in the song Mm-hmm. And I want to be honest about all the situations. And it's like, was she wearing a blue shirt that day? Are her eyes brown? 
<laughs> like, because I wrote green, but her eyes are brown, so, like, I can't write... Yes. It's like, it then it becomes way too specific and way too, like... So you overthink it? Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. We've heard your past. Let's hear your uh, your future now. What what are, what are you shooting for? I don't know. I think, like, the, the goal someday is, like... I've always thought it'd be cool to be, like, playing in arenas someday. Yeah. But that's, like, a huge goal. It's, like, I gotta write, like... It is. I gotta write Mr. Brightside to be able to do that. Not just that. People write amazing music and still never get heard. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, there's so much that goes into that. I gotta write Mr. Brightside and have it have the success that it did. You gotta get lucky. But Yeah, exactly. That's interesting, because it's, like... It's kind of like, that's kind of like the goal, like that's what I want to, that's what I want to be able to do someday and I think that'd be like the coolest thing, but what if it never happens too? What would really satisfy me? I think right now it's kind of just like my goal is to be able to start making a living off of doing this and anything more on top of that, like that's my dream. Yeah. And if I could do that, I'm going to be real happy about that, but like, my goals and the things that I want to accomplish, I guess, is, like, being able to play in arenas someday. I just want to do something different, I guess. I want to do something that matters, and I think that, like, you really have to stand out to matter today. To matter to others? Yeah, and, not, and like, and that's, that's not what it's about, because you matter. You matter no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Create things that inspire people the same way that i'm inspired by yeah you know people's art you know like there's there are bands and there are movie directors that i i eat up everything they put out because you know i just resonate with it they say things that in a way that i could never say it and uh you know that's what i want to be for others yeah yeah that's a great dream for sure so uh brandon flowers the Killers are obviously uh, toward the top of your influences. Who would you say influences your sound the most? Right now, it's like definitely like The Killers. Like, but like for these songs that I'm putting out right now, like where they started and who influenced them when I wrote them, to yeah. the influences I had when I recorded them are like two completely different things. That's interesting. Because uh, like Burning House, when I wrote that song, I was listening to Ryan Adams. That's so funny. I was gonna say, I hear Ryan Adams when I listen to your music. Yeah, so it's like, it's been interesting to hear back from the blogs about that song. Mm -hmm. Because there were so many blogs that responded to me and said, oh man, it's just like the killers, it's awesome, and stuff like that. But when we recorded it, that's when I was just starting to like really get into the killers. Like, right before I fell in love with them. So it was interesting, because, like, I was pulling from two different, like, two different artists, and I was inspired by them at two different times. So I think the more time that I spend on that song, the more I pull from whatever I might be listening to. So, like, the last song that I just did, like, there's influence from The National and Arcade Fire and, and like, Brandon Flowers and The Killers. Like, they're, they're the one thing that I haven't been able to get off. Lately, I guess. Like, I've just kind of been stuck on the killers. Yeah. For, like, it's starting to get close to a year now. And that's almost weird. I should probably start listening to something new. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, I don't know what I'm going to be able to find that's going to, like, be 
able to like replace them or like yeah or hit that or hit that par for me i guess but isn't that i mean that's how it goes throughout your whole life listening to music like there's something you love and then a couple years later you you'll hear something new and then that's what you love i've been thinking about that recently because i've been looking back at music that i listened to over and over and over back in like in high school and then now i listen to stuff that's way different i'm like man how did i even get from there to here (laughs) it's crazy so yeah there might be a new killers for you eventually yeah i get that because uh because thinking back on like there was a time where it was mumford and sons and there was a time when it was Mm -hmm. ryan adams and there was a time when it was dawes i almost started doing that thing with arcade fire because i started listening to them in april yeah but the killers are like casting such a shadow over all the other bands in my life that like I'm definitely into Arcade Fire. Like I'm definitely down yeah. for some Arcade Fire. But uh, like my go-to album is like Battleborn by The Killers. It's just like I just put that on, and I'm happy. Here's a question for you. This this question is coming from my own personal experience. Do you ever want to make music? Uh, that's a certain type of music or a certain sound, but you feel like you make something else? I think in the past, like, I used to try to go for an idea, and then all of a sudden I'd end up with, like, this, like, like, chill wave electronic, like, song. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, I'm not really into this kind of thing, but I made it, so <laughs> I guess it's cool. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I think it's a part of finding your sound and your voice or whatever. I didn't used to set out to make music sound a certain way, but I expected it to end up sounding a certain way. Because mm-hmm. I would think, you know, my favorite bands were and are like Reliant K, 21 Pilots, Mike Mains and the Branches. So I figured that that would be the sound that I would make that would just come out of me because that's what's always going into me. So but so it would be like it would be like emo rapping <laughs> punk rock. Probably probably more the the alternative uh punk rock side. Oh, okay. But but uh yeah. Like like, <laughs> but, like are we ta- but, are we talking like air for free or like That's true, man. It there's such a big like, difference in their catalog sound. Yeah. But uh I don't know, like before air for free. I think before I started finding the sound I enjoy making so i'm probably talking like mm-hmm and forget not slow down yeah. type sounds uh, i i guess i assumed that that is kind of i would make a crappy version of that but i found over the years that more and more even though that's what i love listening to what comes out when i create is something totally different yeah no like i relate to that but more so like how that's more how it was like in the past i guess yeah like when i started writing songs right like i would write stuff that would like just not at all be like and every once in a while like i like i write something that's like kind of like not what i was going for i guess Mm -hmm. so like i i have a collection of those songs but it's but it's interesting that when i write a song that like is aimed more towards like the thing i'm going for 
I connect with it way better, I guess. Yeah. That that's cool. That's interesting. I, I just know when I look at like bands Facebook pages and in the about section sometimes they'll put their influences. Sometimes I'm surprised because their influences sound nothing like them. Yeah. So it, it's just weird how music can influence you and yet just sound so different yeah, right. from your own stuff. I think I think now I think now my influences are kind of getting closer to like what I actually do. Yeah. Because like Ryan Adams is definitely a big influence. Because yeah. Because there was a time in my life where like he was all I listened to. Yeah. And that like, I relate to that. <laughs> and that like whatever the Killers again like they're a big influence and. It's crazy that people, like, relate me to those artists or, like, say that I have a sound that's similar to those artists because I'm just like, oh, that's, a, that's like, a big honor. They're like, that's really cool to hear. But I guess it makes sense, too, because, like, you love that style and you want to find a way to recreate it for yourself and kind of add your own thing to that. So it's... Yeah. It's exciting to, like, keep writing and, like, see what comes out. Because, like, I guess I do surprise myself sometimes. But I think that I surprise myself with things that are better than I thought they would be. Rather than mm-hmm. rather than in the past where they kind of weren't things that I wanted to play. Well, uh, thanks for the opportunity to, to do this interview. No, thank you, man. This is, uh, yeah. this is, is going to be cool. Thanks for this. Seriously, it was fun. Yeah, thank you. And uh, hopefully I'll see you at a show soon. Mm-hmm.